1: Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflection from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Uh, good to be here, David. Good to be here. Awesome, Thanks. awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to Mark, chapter 10, verses 17 through 30. And before we do that, uh, Rob, do you want to uh, invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life?
2: Absolutely. I think, you know, why don't we do a one-two punch? We're so blessed in our Catholic faith to have, have prayers that have been written down, and been with us for centuries, uh, and then we also have the opportunity to pray from the heart. So let's, let's, do, let's do a little bit of both. We'll, we'll lead in with the uh, come Holy Spirit, and, uh, and then do a, a prayer from the heart. In the name oh, of the Father, and Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. And kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of thy faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the gift of this moment to break open your word. Thank you for the gift of the Mass. And Lord, help us to never, never take that gift for granted. Help us to prepare well, uh, prepare our hearts, and, and, and just open up our hearts today, right now, to hear your word. Uh, give us the docility to to be to be moldable each and every day. And, uh, Lord, I just please ask you to, to place everyone listening and their families in the palm of your hands, guide them, protect them, and draw them closer to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. In the name of the, the Father, and the Father and the Son, and Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit amen. Amen.
1: amen.
3: Tom, do you mind giving us a little bit of gospel love? Sure. The reading is from the gospel according to Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 30. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him and asked, "'Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life?' Jesus answered him, "'Why do you call me good?' "'No one is good but God alone. "'You know the commandments. "'You shall not kill. "'You shall not commit adultery. "'You shall not steal. "'You shall not bear false witness.'" You shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. He replied and said to him, Teacher, all of these I have observed from my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You are lacking in one thing. Go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. So Jesus again said to them in reply, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were exceedingly astonished and said among themselves, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For human beings it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. Peter began to say to him, We have given up everything and followed you. Jesus said, Amen, I say to you. There is no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and life eternal in the age to come. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise you, Lord Jesus Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah the two words that jumped out at me most were loved him that when the when the when the, the man came up to Jesus asked a question Jesus gave an answer and then you know and then Jesus had to give a a tough a tough teaching right truth with love and and he looked at him and loved him and said and you in our lives when when we receive that correction from our lord he's always looking at us and loving us um and it's because that he loves us that he he gives us that correction, and it's because He loves us that He you know, will allow things to be removed from our lives if they're, you know, in, in, impeding or preventing us from going to Him. So, um, whatever your, you know, whatever your image of our Lord is, you know, just think of your favorite place and think of, you know, whether it's on the beach or at a lake. Just think of Jesus meeting you at your favorite place, looking at you and loving you uh, through all the the ups and downs, the, uh, the trials, the joys, that he never stops ga- looking at you with that, that gaze of love.
1: That's amazing, Rob. That's what I put down is that gaze, you know, allowed Jesus to just gaze at you in his love. And, and, and so I went back to the first sentence and it just totally, as a Catholic, rang out an adoration. Mm. A man ran up and knelt down before him and then ask Jesus a question. We at the Catholic Church, we understand that Jesus is fully present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, every bit as present as he was to this man. We have the opportunity to go to him in Eucharistic adoration, to run up to him, to kneel down, and then to ask him a question. And then what do we do? Listen. Because God has always wanting to refine us in pure love and to grow us into this ever-deepening intimate relationship with him. So this man, even though the question he asks is actually a flawed question, it's a question all the same as a child to his father, to his brother. So it's, the question is, what must I do to inherit eternal life? The question's flawed in so much as there is nothing that we can do to merit, to earn eternal life it's a free gift from God. What God asks for us, that's why we the only creatures to be given free will, is to give our free will, yes, I'm all in. I belong to you, Lord. And so that yes, with our free will to that relationship, that's a love relationship and ever deepening one, is what we're called to into relationship with God. It's not what I do. It's our full as a child, it says here, children, as a child, I give you my all in. And I want to do, and I am totally dependent on you, Father. I, I'm all in. I'm all in.
3: You know, David, you had used a word that kind of helped put some things in perspective here. There's There's so many little things in this passage that you can pick on. But the one thing in particular, the one big thing is that, you know, where Jesus says you are lacking one thing. Go sell what you have. it's always been kind of um, uh, a puzzle to me where he says you're lacking in one thing, but go get rid of everything that you have. So, you know, it's kind of that it's kind of a reverse. You know, Jesus is always looking for a way to kind of shock us into seeing things more clearly. But you said a word that God is looking to refine us. And it really kind of hit me that you know we're, when we're lacking um, something, that refinement is the process that helps us to purify, and that really is a taking away. You know, so so what Jesus is saying here is for you to be refined. You're lacking refinement. You're lacking in the fact that there's. More here than needs to be here, because you know, like if you refine silver or you refine gold, you take out the impurities, right? You take out the extraneous stuff. You take out the stuff that's not silver or gold, and so that helps to put this this passage in perspective for me, because that's exactly what Jesus is saying: is as long as you have these other things in your life, you have impurities. There's something else that's between me, between God, and and you, between me and you. And that needs to come out. And if it's if it's everything that you own, if it's all your possessions, then it needs to be that. If it's if it's some other problem, if it's pride, if it's you know selfishness, if it's uh, pornography, if it's whatever, then that needs to come out.
1: Yeah. And the word and the word for me that really hit me is go sell what you have. And then the ending to that sentence is for he had many possessions. You see, when you truly understand, which was what totally set me free eleven years ago that we own nothing. Everything we have is a sacred gift from God entrusted to us by him to do what with? To use to be a blessing to others. So when he says, go sell what you have, he doesn't say, then give it all to the poor. He says, and give to the poor. It's always a matter of the condition of our heart. Do we have a heart of charity? And so when we have possessions that end up possessing us, that end up taking away that, Total relationship God wants with us, you know what? They got to be cut loose. And so for me, I had to come to that understanding and that realization 11 years ago. I don't own anything. Everything God has given me is a gift from Him that I'm to use to help others. The company He's entrusted me with, the children He's entrusted me with, His daughter, my spouse, who He's entrusted me with, everything, my time is a gift. So for me, this is just a challenge again. Don't hold on to anything. All is gift. And what are we to do with those gifts? Use it to do what? Build the kingdom of God. Build the kingdom of love. Put first the kingdom of God, then all things will come to you. So for me, that's, that, that, that's huge, is to, uh, that understanding of the true meaning of stewardship, that everything we have is a gift from God. That were you to use to help others, and that's what Jesus is saying here. I mean, because those many possessions, he didn't want to let go. And guess what? That not letting go means there's not an ability for him to fully embrace God as Father, fully embrace God in that total dependency. As how, in the next paragraph, as a child, totally dependent on the Father.
2: And, and it gets it gets down to trust. Uh, all, all you know, he says, all things are possible for God. Do I do I trust that? Do I truly believe that all things are possible for God? Sometimes I, I want to hold back and um, you know, sure, Lord, I trust you, but let me let me just have a little let me just have a little reserve here. Um, but you know, do I truly believe that all things are possible for God? So um, I just pray that you know, through His grace, I could I can trust Him more. And then you know, I was thinking of possessions and some of the sheriff's story that happened during the uh, the weekend that the Pope was here. You know, a lot of times we think of possessions as material things. And um, so uh, we, were, we were at the World Meeting of Families all week as a, as a ministry. And then Friday, my wife and, and our five kids came, and our plan was to spend the weekend together in, in the city and go to the Festival of Families all day Saturday and Saturday night and then go see the, the Pope at Mass. So that was our plan. That was my desire. Um, so Friday night, we got everybody in bed at a, at a good time and figured we'd get a nice, nice night's rest. Um, and then God's plan started kicking in. At about 12:30, I uh, woke up with my our youngest daughter, Hope, wheezing and not able to breathe. And here she uh, needed to be taken to the emergency room. And where we were staying was within the zone where there was no cars allowed. So it was like it was totally empty, and couldn't you know get a get a ride to to the hospital. So I had to put Hope on my back and you know walk the four or five blocks it was to to Children's Hospital got her breathing treatments, they took care of her, we were able to get back, put her on my back, go back to the room, about 3, 3.30, settle down, go to sleep for a few hours, a couple of hours, and then my oldest daughter wakes up, and she's been, you know, was battling something for about a week, and then we had to take her to the emergency room. So here we go, trekking back to the ER, take care of her, we come back, everybody's a little tired, we rest for a while, and then we go to the Festival of Families. And we're there all day, it's a beautiful day, but it was a little hot, two kids that are sick, and we we're there all day waiting in line, and we have this, like, awesome spot. We see the Pope go by, you know, probably about five feet away from us. And then the kids just were spent. So we had to leave. They, we couldn't stay. So, like, as soon as the Pope came, we had to leave. And we didn't, you know, stay for the, you know, the, the, the festival from that point on, so we had to leave. So we leave uh, the next morning, wake up, and it was pretty easy to get in on Saturday. So I was like, all right, the kids were tired on Saturday. They had a tough night with going to the hospital, a couple of them. So let's just chill out on Sunday. You know, we don't need the rush. It wasn't that bad yesterday getting in. So we took our time. We finally got down to to the, you know, to the checkpoint. And it was from the checkpoint to Market Street. And for those of you who don't know, Philadelphia, that's probably about a quarter of a mile from sidewalk to sidewalk, packed full of people. I've we have five kids, two of us, and we're waiting in line. We move about, you know, a couple feet in, in thirty minutes. Um, I'm calling you, David, from inside and other people like, you know, do you have any ideas? So one guy's like, go down 23rd Street and cut over. So we did all that. So, you know, we're lugging five kids around trying to go here, there, and everywhere to get in, and we couldn't get in. And I was – I was so grumpy. I, w- I was like having the biggest pity party. You know, I have the ticket to get in, couldn't get in. I wanted to see the Pope. And the, it was funny. We had chairs. So the five kids are sitting on the corner in their chairs. And then, you know, I'm pacing back and forth. I said, I cannot believe that like people from all over the world are in there. I was staying right down the street and we're not in. I'm just, like thinking all this stuff to myself. And then we did the walk of shame. We're like, all right, we're going back to the hotel. So we start walking up Chestnut Street and then it hit me that morning before we left. Everybody was asleep in the room. I left the room and was reading a book uh, called The Gift of Faith. A dear friend said it was the best spiritual book he ever read outside of the Bible. And that morning I read about the parable of the talents, where the, you know, the the man gave five to one, two to another, one to another, and the five and the two produced additional talents, right? The one that had just one buried that talent, and the explanation of that, I never heard, because usually you think of talents as as money or or skills or any anything material, but the author of this book said, no. Talents are everything, and and in God's economy, the most the most valuable talents are the sufferings, the disappointments, the failures, and we're going to be held account. We're gonna be, we're going to have to give account for how did we use those talents. So that just as we're doing the walk of shame uh, on chestnut that reading came to my heart. And I was like, guys, to my wife and kids, I was like, guys, I am so sorry. And I shared what I just shared with you guys about that parable of talents. I said, we've been given a talent. We all wanted to be in there. I'm not the only one who wanted to be in, but I'm having the, you know, the, the, the pity party. We all wanted to be in, and we're not. And that's a talent. That's a, that's a fail. That's a disappointment. That's you know, a suffering. What are we going to do with that? Are we going to offer that up and, and, and still continue on our day with joy? So we went back to the hotel, Watch the Mass up until the homily, and then we leave. We get out of Dodge before the Mass is over, and we're calling all over the place right outside of Philadelphia to try to see who has their Sunday evening Mass. No one has it. Everybody's at at the Papal Mass, right? We finally find one Mass in Upper Darby, and it's usually at 6. We get there at 5.30, and they say they had to change it to 6.45 because they were showing the Papal Mass. Right next door, it was one of my favorite pizza places from growing up. We had time to go and have pizza Restaurant was completely empty. The seven of us had a meal, a beautiful meal, laughter and just so much joy in that meal. And my daughter, her birthday was the day after the Pope's Mass on Monday. And her desire of her heart was to get home to go to school, believe it or not, for her birthday, because in the morning they announced birthdays. And she wanted to have her birthday announced because it was the last time she's been at the same school for nine years. This is the last time they're going to announce her birthday. So the, the desire of her heart was to get home for that. So later in, a, in, a, in a, another reflection with a group of guys, Jesus put on my heart, wow, Rob, I gave Grace the, the desire of her heart. I was like, that's pretty nice, Lord. You know, you were able to get home. She was able to get to school. But what about the desire of my heart? I wanted to see the Pope. What about my... And he said, Rob, what have you been praying for? What have you been praying for? And lately I've been storming heaven for for peace, for laughter, for joy in our family, especially when the seven of us are together. Because a lot of times there's still like just a lot of tension, a lot of you know, schedule and running around and like, you know, we're at dinner, but we're, we're rushing through dinner to get somewhere else. It's like, Rob, you've been praying for peace and laughter and joy in your family. Did you get that? I said, absolutely. At that restaurant, Pika's eating the pizza, we were laughing like we haven't laughed in so long. And then we went to that mass right next door, the old, you know, no one was there at the Mass. There's a few of us. We went a nice, beautiful, intimate Mass. So we had our little world meeting, our little festival of families, the seven of us, and Jesus had to take away, right? If we, if we possess things, even though my possession was going in to see the Pope, Jesus had to take that away because it was actually stopping me from going to him because I was like so possessive of wanting to get in there that it was robbing my joy, which is a, a block to him. So wow. thank you, Lord.
1: And you know what, Rob? You shared that you went to Jesus and you ask him a question, where's my desire of my heart? But then you listened to the answer and it helped you grow. And that's what we're all called to do. I love this, this line here you know, where, where at the end of the, the gospel reading today, it says, I meant I say to you, there is no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. Well, I didn't understand that, Rob. So I'm like, hey, Lord, uh, I don't understand this. Does this mean that you know, if I, if I give you my all in, then I'm going to get a bunch of houses and my family's going to grow more brothers and sisters. And I don't know how I'm going to get more mothers, but okay. So I said, Lord, can you help me with this? And so the Lord gently took through a breaking open of the bread of life. And, and I went, wow, because he's talking about a hundred times more now in the present age. And I went, oh my goodness, you're right, Lord. I have a hundred times more spiritual brothers in Christ than I ever did. I have a 100 times more spiritual sisters in Christ than I ever did. I have so many more spiritual mothers that have helped me on my journey than I ever did. And I have a lot of spiritual children where I'm the father figure to them, not just my birth children, but men of all ages, even priests and other people who have come to me as a spiritual father. So I have spiritual children. And houses... I'm welcomed in so many people's homes now that say, you know what? My house is what? Your house. And I also return that for people that are out of town that come to visit. Hey, my home is your home. So my my houses are multiplied mm-hmm. and my lands, the gift of what God is showing me of just sharing all the gifts of the land he's entrusted me with and how he's entrusted it to other people and they share it. You know what? Everything here is correct, including with persecutions, because we live in a fallen world, and you know what? There's going to be attacks. There's going to be things happen. There's going to be all this stuff occurring, you know, and it's like, oh, how do you... And so my encouragement is, just like the man did, go to Jesus, run up, kneel down, and ask him. This weekend, my son-in-law and his daughter, or his uh, wife and their son are in visiting, my wife and I, beautiful time, beautiful time. And she's two and a half months pregnant. And at four o'clock, between four o'clock and five o'clock in the morning, she lost the baby. She miscarried. And, you know, my my wife's son got to bury that baby on the property. And I'm like, oh man. So I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't understand this. These are beautiful people who are all in for you. And how, how why? You know, and the Lord took me through this beautiful journey, you know, of helping them, being there for them, you know, because God actually named the baby for them, called the baby Mercy. It was a, a girl. And and the son got to bury the baby on the property. And he said these words, he said, David, a piece of us is now here in this property. Had they been in a hospital and this would have occurred, they would have had not that opportunity. So God's grace in all of this, and then on the way to the airport today, just talking to him, I said, you know, God's going to use this story that was so painful to you that involves so much suffering. He's going to use it to help others who go through a similar event. And they're right. They're like, you know what? You're right. We know that. And we're so at peace with this. So you know what? Run up, kneel down, ask God in all of our life situations. And, that, and how are we supposed to? It says right here, you know, it says the disciples were amazed at his words the disciples of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. And Jesus replied, children, we are to have that intimate relationship that God the Father as his children with Jesus as our brother and with the Holy Spirit as the bridegroom who is always wooing us into that deep, intimate relationship with him, that marital relationship with him, where there's a communion, a common union, where like you did, Rob, you heard the still quiet voice. I asked the question, I heard the still quiet voice. But we need to get ourselves away from the noise of the world, the television, the computer screens, the phones and go to that quiet place, and I love adoration, or just go into any Catholic church. The Lord is present at the tabernacle, or you know what? If you're taking a walk, find that special place in your home or on a piece of property. Sit down with the Lord and
3: ask Him the questions, and then do what? Listen. Listen. Um, earlier in the week, um, we had talked. I had mentioned, because uh, this topic came up about um, suffering and persecution and to your point rob you know that that you looked at that um, that difficulty that you had i don't know that it was suffering or persecution but that disappointment for for sure it was um, as a talent as a gift from god and and i remember a story that uh, that i read in in uh, jason everett's book on pope john paul where he talked to he said pope john paul was very uh, insistent about making sure that he himself lived that principle of suffering as being an asset and at one time he ran into a cardinal who had broken his leg and was in a wheelchair and was you know was obviously in pain and uh, he leaned over and whispered in his ear don't waste your suffering and so I think when we when we are given those types of opportunities when we're given all of these good things and it, and Jesus kind of puts right in there you know you're going to get you're going to get so much more you're going to get houses and mothers and brothers and sisters and children and lands and persecutions, because it's it's just part of it's another thing that we get from God as a gift. And just as for us to be able to understand this now, having seen Jesus's death and resurrection, it puts it all in perspective because those things are gifts from God, and they are things that purify us, and they are things that that help us live uh, more deeply and more fully in in a life of Christ. So,
1: and with that, Tom, there's a beautiful prayer called the Stewardship Prayer. And let's just pray it together. Dear Lord, I pray that you give me the wisdom to guide me on this faith journey of stewardship. Help me to understand that everything I have is a gift from you. Open up my heart and my mind so that I may use these marvelous gifts to give back to you here on earth. I pray, Lord, that you welcome me into your kingdom at the end of my life and that you are pleased with what I have done with all of your gifts. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great journey and uh, see you in heaven. Bye-bye. God bless.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, A Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.